and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. This is episode two of the podcast, and it's November 15th, 2018. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing reviews and commentary about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in cinemas this week, we've got three films that I'm going to talk about. First one is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. This, as you all know, is the next adventure in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World franchise that just continues to grow and just continues to print money. This is the second film... In this Fantastic Beast series, five films have been planned for this Fantastic Beast series. And again, as all of you Harry Potter fans know, this uh, series takes place before the Harry Potter um, book and movie movie series takes place. So uh, the first film, which was called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, came out in 2016. And at the end of that first film... Uh, the powerful dark wizard Garrett Grindelwald, uh, which turns out was, was played by Johnny Depp, it's a big reveal, was captured with the help of Newt uh, Scamander, uh, who is played in this series by Eddie Redmayne. But making good on his threat, Grindelwald now has escaped custody and is set about gathering followers, uh, most unsuspecting of his true agenda, which is to raise pure blood wizards up to rule over all non magical beings. So, uh, uh, Albus Dumbledore comes into play into this film. I think we all remember professor Dumbledore, excuse me, professor Dumbledore from the Harry Potter, uh, movies. And, uh, in this prequel series, he's played by the actor Jude law. And, uh, he enlists, Dumbledore enlists Newt, uh, who was one of his former students at Hogwarts, to to uh, help fight against Grindelwald. So a lot of the same, in fact, I think the majority of the cast it appears is back for this second version or the sec- second film in the Fantastic Beasts series, including Catherine Waterston, Dan Fogler, Alison Sudol, Ezra Miller. And there's some other uh, actors in this uh, installment, too, including Zoe Kravitz um, and uh, Callum Turner and some other people that that, uh, I'm not that familiar with. So (laughs) we'll leave it it at that. This film is directed again by David Yates. He directed this, uh, the first Fantastic Beasts film, and also... J.K. Rowling wrote this screenplay too. She wrote the screenplay to that first Fantastic Beasts film, you know, from two years ago. I saw that that Fantastic Beasts film. I haven't seen this new one yet. So, and also, as you'll come to find out, and I might as well just be open with you. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. No, that's people are going to come at me for that, but let's just be honest. Uh, still, I know I have. 
lots of friends that adore it and I love them and I respect, I just want to respect it. So, uh, I've heard that, again, I haven't seen it. I've heard from friends who have that actually this film is a bit messy and convoluted, uh, and it sounds like there's just so many characters and so much going on. Possibly those who are really familiar with all of the uh, wizarding world comings and goings, they might fare a little better than the more uh, more average or you know muggle viewer, <laughs> or whatever you want to call them. So. Anyway, that's opening. I'm sure again, it's just gonna—they're just gonna continue to print money, even if the critics might not love it. Um, it's got such a loyal fan base, and hopefully, the loyal fans will will have be able to have have some fun with it. Uh, it is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for some sequences of fantasy action. Um, Whatever <laughs> that means. So, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Next up, now for something completely different, is the film Widows. This is from 20th Century Fox. It's directed by Steve McQueen. Now, Steve McQueen is the director who did 12 Years a Slave a few, a few years back. And he co-wrote this screenplay with the best-selling author Gillian Flynn who's the author of the the mystery Gone Girl that lots of uh, and lots of uh, readers were really crazy about that book. Um, this is a modern day thriller set uh, against the backdrop of, uh, as it says here in the press materials, of crime, passion, and corruption. It's the story of four women with nothing in common except a debt left behind by their dead husbands, criminal activities. So hence the name widows. But so four women, uh, played by Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth DeBecky, and Cynthia Ariel. Um, they take their fate into their own hands and conspire to forge a future on their own terms. So, um, if you've seen the preview, it looks, <laughs> it looks like that's what they do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, their dead husbands uh, include some of this cast. We've got Liam Neeson, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, Daniel Kaluuya, Lucas Hawes, and Brian Tyree Henry. And again, I'm not sure who all of the the husbands are. I think Liam Neeson was in the film is married to, um, you know, I mean, he plays the character married to uh, Viola Davis's character. But anyway, it you know it had me at Steve McQueen. Twelve Years a Slave was such a, a meaningful, you know, it was you know, just dreadfully painful to watch in some places just because of the, I mean, the accurate portrayal of the horrible things that happened. But uh, I just I, I admire his filmmaking a lot, so I actually I'm really excited to see this, to see this different kind of, of film, and with such a powerhouse cast and creative team. I think it looks uh, very promising. Widows is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for violence, language throughout, and some sexual content and nudity. So that's Widows. And then finally, we've got the film Instant Family 
which is a comedy from Paramount Pictures. It stars Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne, who play parents who don't know a lot about their situation other than they don't have any children. And when they decide to look into possibly uh, doing some foster care, they, uh, they end up bringing in three siblings. And uh, they've got, including a, the oldest is a, 50, a rebellious 15-year-old. And then they've got two younger, they've got a younger, another boy and a girl. And uh, they get to learn how to be parents, kind of, uh, they have a steep learning curve. <laughs> and it looks like there's a lot of, of comedic possibility with this. The previews to me looked funny. And I, I, I hope it delivers. And uh, we'll see. So, so uh, Instant Family. It's uh, rated PG-13 for thematic elements, sexual material, language, and some drug references. So let's hope that that one is funny. So uh, good things to choose from this weekend. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Widows, and Instant Family. Okay, now for a couple of reviews. Now, I have not uh, blogged about either of these two films, but I've seen them over the last few days and thought that they might be interesting to talk about for a bit. Both of these films are currently playing in theaters. So first up is the drama. It's listed as a comedy, and I disagree. I'm calling it a drama or a dramedy, but really it's more of a drama. Uh, called Mid-90s. And this is a film written and directed by the actor Jonah Hill. And it's his first, it's his directorial debut, and I got to hand it to him. He did a very credible job. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a well-crafted film. So this movie uh, is shockingly set in the mid-1990s in Los Angeles, and it follows uh, a 13-year-old boy named Stevie. Uh, Stevie is played by the actor Sonny Suljic. And uh, it's summertime. Stevie comes from uh, a pretty much a messed up home. He's uh, it's a single-parent home. He's just got a mom. We don't know where the dad is. They don't talk about him really much. And then he has an older brother who's played by Lucas Hedges, who's a nightmare. So, so, uh, and Stevie's mom, who's played by Catherine Waterston, is, uh, she clearly, I think she loves her kids, but, you know, she got pregnant really young and has just been kind of ill-equipped. It just felt like this character is playing catch up with her, with her life and, is wanting to be a good mom, but really is only able to do so much. So Stevie's in a Stevie's in a tough spot. His big brother, played by Lucas Hedges, is uh, just this antisocial jerk. He he uh, just is very focused on on himself, but clearly, as the as, as you see him throughout the film, 
he has no friends. He's not happy. He doesn't have uh, he doesn't have a good life or really a lot of confidence. It's all just kind of show with you know kind of fancy brand name clothing that he's able to scrounge and and uh, he tries to work out and whatnot. But he's really he's just he's mostly I don't you know it doesn't really show him that he's playing sports or anything. He's just really just a butthole brother who really is abusive you know, beats the crap out of his little brother all the time and a little Stevie and, uh, just, you know, portrayed as a very horrible guy. So Stevie's got, Stevie's got a lot that he's dealing with. And so he runs, he, he just kind of happens to fall in with this, this group of kids that, that, uh, hang out at a skateboard shop and they, so clearly, you know, they all have skateboards and whatnot. Now it's interesting. The preview makes this looks like it's a looks like it's a skateboard movie, but honestly, that's the farthest thing from the truth. So this skateboards are in it because again, they all have skateboards and they hang out at the skate shop. But really, it's about these uh, this group of of kids that all come from really troubled homes for the most part, and. And then just how they form a friendship and and uh, kind of their life and times throughout a summer. So um, again, all due respect to, to Jonah Hill, he did a very good job. Mostly though, I found the film really hard to watch, and probably most of it is just because I just felt so bad for these characters coming from such horrible home lives and. And I mean, and I think that's part of the point uh, that that uh, there's so much going on, and there's so many labels we can put on it, like toxic max masculinity and and different things. But but mostly, uh, you know, these kids needed love, and they weren't get, and they don't get it at home, and so they they have each other. And you know the relationship is just like with with kids. It kind of <laughs> you know they they egg each other on and they fight and they but also they're doing a lot of drugs. They're I mean they're teenagers, so of course they're going to be. I mean they're experimenting with sex, but um, they're you know really disrespectful of adults and and uh, again it's hard to watch. It's rated R. For perversive language, sexual content, drug and alcohol use, and violent behavior and disturbing images, all involving minors. <laughs> that all involving minors part again, is what I think made made it made it really really sad. I, I, I went with my, one of my good buddies to watch it, who uh, who's a parent. He's he's got you know he's he's got some children and and. And he was commenting on it, how difficult it was for him to watch just because that's just not the way that he and his wife chose to parent. And, and, uh, anyway, so interesting film, not a skateboard film, but really, a a, a slice of life film about kids in a, in, in a, in a tough spot. It's kind of fun to see some of this 90s stuff and hear some of this 90s music and what, whatnot, but it's so much to me. It wasn't nostalgic at all. It was, again, mostly, um, you know, just kind of a tragedy about about uh, 
kids growing up without, without, um, kind of love support and direction that they might need to really, uh, turn into healthy adults. Okay. So next one is, can you ever forgive me? And this was a really, this was a really interesting film. It's a drama stars Melissa McCarthy. And it's actually an adaptation of a memoir called Can You Ever Forgive Me? Memoirs of a Literary Forger, written by a woman, uh, a female writer named Lee Israel. And uh, so Melissa McCarthy plays Lee Israel. And uh, Lee, you know, I, you know, I'd never heard of this writer. So it was, this, was all, this was all new for me. Uh, the type of books that she was writing just ended up not, selling and not not being that popular so she really became a down and out writer truly she was broke she you know months behind in her rent uh she didn't have money to she was she she loved she had a, a, a cat that she was that she really loved but that was sick and the vet wouldn't even take care of her cat because she was behind in her bill the vet so anyway really down and out and she was writing a book about the vaudeville star fanny bryce and uh, as you may know fanny bryce was the character that barbara streisand plays in in uh funny girl but that, so so this, this vaudeville new york vaudeville star and uh the her uh, lee's agent is totally against her, you know, writing this book. She doesn't want to, but Lee's doing a little more, more research about the project. And she finds these letters in one of these books at the library that actually that Fanny Bryce wrote. And so, and that were, that were tucked into this book. So she stole them and she took them to, uh, to, uh, some kind of a literary dealer store or someone who deals in, in, in these kind of historical documents and whatnot and was able to get some money. And so she ends up, she decides uh, that she actually, because she's she's a good writer, that she actually could write better letters than these actual letters that were being, <laughs> you know, that people were selling. And, and uh, she becomes a forger. So she learns, you know, you see how she learns to copy these signatures. She gets stationary printed and she ages it and does all these different things and really starts to make, starts to make a living. She also, she's, she's basically a loner. She's a very unpleasant person. At least is how she's portrayed in the film. And, you know, it's a, bit of a departure for Melissa McCarthy because I felt that Miss Melissa McCarthy often plays the same character but maybe just in a different just different you know wardrobe but this is a very different person I mean this this woman is truly caustic uh, but still anyway she uh, she befriends uh, this guy named Jack who is played by Richard E. Grant this guy Jack is also down on his luck he's he's a drug addict and uh you know kind of living li living hand to mouth but with some style we don't really know where he lives 
he's not very clear about <laughs> maybe he doesn't even know no he he uh he he plays it smooth but anyway these two form a bond and finally when 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 lee starts uh being suspected by by some of these dealers these literary dealers for lack of a better word that's what i'm going to call them uh she sends jack in to, to to do it and he's he's charming enough that he's able to keep the sh- the charade going on for a while too the fbi finds out and 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 uh, hunts them down and and uh you know i i won't give it away but it's really it's it, it was a it was a really good film uh, filmed in New York City, so that's always that's always a plus. And as I mentioned, a really different performance from Melissa McCarthy. So if you're expecting if you're expecting it to be just kind of ha ha funny and then she's just you know laying out the, the 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 comedic insults, maybe they are comedic, but it's it's kind of true to her character because again, this is the. the you know, she's. I don't know much about Lee Israel, but wow, she's not necessarily a person who you really want to necessarily hang out with. But, but, uh, really, really a well crafted film, interesting characters, interesting situations, really good pacing, and, and, uh, really interesting character arcs, both for Lee and for, uh, Jack. Terrific performances again by both Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant, and you know I, I'm not one really t- to do a good job of predicting uh, nominations for Academy Awards, but I really would not be surprised if Melissa McCarthy uh, doesn't get a nomination for her performance in this in this in this film for for Best Actress because she, she's she's terrific. Last up is our classic cinema corner, and I am just going to talk about one film that you can see on the big screen on November eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. This film is an, a Japanese animated film or an anime film called Castle in the Sky. It's made in nineteen eighty six. It's from Studio Ghibli and directed by the great Hayao. Miyazaki. This film, I think, really is the first film uh, from Studio Ghibli in Japan. And it's interesting that this is the last film of what's been happening this year is known as Studio Ghibli Fest, which has been a series of films that have played over the last few months that uh, you'll be able to see, see, see them on the, on the big screen. That's that's been fun. I've been able to go to a, f- a few of them. I quite like much of the work of Studio Ghibli, and particularly films by uh, Hayao Miyazaki. They are beautifully crafted, hand-drawn animation, typically really interesting stories, complex stories. Some of them are, are you know even a bit um, baffling. Because I think some of them it's. Uh, 
for me, I feel like I need to have a better understanding of Japanese culture to, to understand the stories. But still, he does remarkable work. This film is no exception, even though it's, it's you know made early on. So again, 1986. It's really a fun adventure film. That's what it is. And uh, just being, the chance to be able to see it on the big screen, again, is, is really cool. It's, it's an adventure story about this legendary floating castle, hence the title. This castle is this, this floating city named Laputa, which is this city that basically kind of disappeared. But a, bo- a boy, a young boy named Pazu, and a girl named Sheeta, S-H-E-E-T-A, uh, have connections to the city. And they're trying to find it. They are being chased by this group of greedy air pirates, this military team, secret government agents, and some other mysterious folks. And uh, it's 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 just it's so much fun, so creative, so engaging. I lo- I lo- I love it. I. Uh, uh, so I, I would just recommend this. I would recommend this to anybody. So go to fathomevents.com and look for Castle in the Sky, and it will list, it'll list the theaters near you that, that are playing this. As I mentioned, it's playing on three days, the 18th and 19th and the 20th. Um, this is this is shown on the website, but on the 18th, uh, it's a it's a dub. Actually, the 18th and the 20th. It's a, dub, it's a dub version, so it's the English dub. Uh, and then on November 19th, it's uh, in Japanese with English subtitles. So the dub and the sub. The English dub cast actually is really is really good. I, that's the only way that I've seen it is, is with this English dub cast. And uh, it stars Anna uh, Paquin, James Vanderbeek, Cloris Leachman, Mark Hamill, is it a Mandy Patinkin? So it's it's a cool, you know, it's a really good English language cast that they've that they've assembled. But you you know, I think you, you you can't lose either 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 with the dub or, or the sub. So treat yourself and go see Castle in the Sky for a really great animated treat on the big screen. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in and have a great weekend at the movies and we'll catch you next week.